right. All right. Cool. Um, very candidly, <laughs> I miss the podcast. <laughs> I really miss the podcast. Let's go, dude. Um, just, just you know, it just is once a week, and we, you know, I wait for Saturday, and it's not enough. Once is not enough. Well, it's like it's also like Saturdays, obviously, like the weekend. It's like I don't have schoolwork, and and it's like oh, also I get to watch a movie on Friday night, and uh-huh. you know, go record the podcast uh, on Saturday. So it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I I told Michael before the podcast uh, this week uh, felt very uh, very. It was a quick week, like it flew by. It very felt fast. like yeah. But each day individually, it was extremely long. Uh huh. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Just, uh, you know, midterm season is upon us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty much done. I I think I have, uh, I have one more for my sports management class. There you go. But I, you got it. It seems to be super easy. So there you go. Not not worried about it. Have you been Aiden? You've been, you've been all right. Yeah. I I mean, like I said, just a, a long week, a fast long week <laughs> um kind of tired like a little worn out Him too. um <clears throat> i don't know what from like I, it's not like i did anything like physically exhausting or anything um i just like you know like if anything i like i've probably stayed in this week more than like doing I'm, anything yeah, yeah yeah um so i think it's just like um you know i guess it's just the factor of school and a bunch of work and things sure. of that nature but uh sure Glad to be back. It's a beautiful weekend. It's finally nice in New York. Um, it's about 60, 67 out today. glorious. It's really nice. Lots of people out. Uh, it's sunny. It's really great. Yesterday, I went for a walk. Uh, it was like 80 degrees out, uh, but it was also like 20, 25 mile per hour winds. I went and to I, the pier yesterday. Dude, yeah, me too. No way. Yeah. Wow. I went to the pier and stood on the pier and was standing diagonally because... It, the wind could have blown you over. I I felt like the one SpongeBob episode of like delivering the pizza <laughs> through yeah. the windstorm. Yeah, uh, it was it was great. Pizza, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's beautiful outside. It's really nice. Um, another highlight of my week is Aiden sending me screenshots of how many viewers or how many listeners we have. Yeah, dude, and it's great. Uh, we have fifty plus on. A couple episodes, right? Or maybe just one episode. A few, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really nice for you guys to listen. It's yeah. it feels good, and it's we're glad. I say this every single week, but like, I'm glad we're putting something out that you're really enjoying. We just can't thank you enough. Just you can't know? thank you enough. I'll I'll continue thanking you every week. I will say it's nice, like like on the app or whatever, where you can like see the stats and stuff. Um, so we hit a thousand listeners, uh, like before the season even started. I think. Yeah um and that was in total on all platforms and uh, a few weeks ago we actually hit 1000 listeners strictly on podcast streaming platforms nice um and so on the app it doesn't have like the actual number it says 1k instead of like specifically and that feels nice it's like okay 1k that's nice (laughs) that's Um, funny which is awesome um and um i have noticed a trend that a lot of people listen at night for some reason interesting like the night it's released like we'll have uh like 10 listeners throughout the first day and then i'll wake up the next morning and look and it's jumped up to like 24 or something <laughs> like a lot of people awesome. enjoy the night listens yeah. I guess. um i got i did get some 
uh, feedback from some people on Pride and Prejudice. Um, I'm so ready, dude. Yeah, some quick things. Um, I talked a bit about like how Pride and Prejudice to me felt like the perfect movie, and I and I was having a bit of trouble articulating that uh, on last week's recording. Yeah. And I talked to. We mentioned like about time how we both love that movie, mm-hmm. and it's like. Um, it's like it's definitely not the best movie ever mm-hmm. and i think we both acknowledge that but we both love it and think that it works really well and um my dad pointed out he's like about time's great and like it's entertaining and like he's like it feels that way for you and he's like but at the same time like there's a gimmick to it as well like it's a movie about a, a guy that can travel in time mm-hmm. and then but it's like pride and prejudice and this isn't i guess not a I'm not trying to argue with you about why it's good anymore, but like, but like anymore, anymore, we, I'm done. No, 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 but I'm not trying to argue with you, but like, but like about time, my dad point out is like, or Pride and Prejudice, excuse me. He mentioned how it's, it doesn't have a gimmick. It's just a love story. And, and for it to feel that way is almost even like above about time in that regard. But that was just a little thing. Another thing was my little sister, Lizzie texted me while she was listening and I mentioned how it was kind of corny that like there's thunder, like rumbling, mm-hmm. right? Like after like a big line is said in the rainy scene. And Lizzie said that true to how I mentioned that it's a lot of stuff's taken straight from the book, dialogue and everything. Mm-hmm. Lizzie says in that scene in the book, there are, there is a description of like thunder rumbles, like, mm. like thunder sounds. Or call out. And so Lizzie's like, that actually is like, true to the writing of the book interesting so you can still think it's corny um but that's what it is it was it, it is what it is so yeah those were a couple um i think good insights and i actually had a long conversation with my parents about pride and prejudice act- after the fact and just because they watched it as well um that's another thing um people that are watching along i'm really happy that people are being introduced to movies like uh, a few people were like i watched dial in for murder awesome mm-hmm. and the people like are watching along and that's really cool too because the format of watching along, I was skeptical about. Not because I didn't want to do it, but or it didn't make me not want to do it. But I was like, yeah, people probably aren't actually going to watch along. Mm-hmm. But I talked to people, and they're like, yeah, I'm about to watch Arrival, so I can before I watch the um, or listen to the podcast. So like, yeah. that's really cool that you guys are doing yeah. that, and I appreciate you guys doing that. Yeah, yeah. super awesome. Uh, I will say, I'm I came prepared to call you out. Oh, that um, I noticed on social media that your brother Sam. And your sister Lizzie, who gave us a shout out, thank thank you both. Um, that they both like share the episode to their story, and we're like mm, favorite film ever. Yeah. And so now I just think that it's a Perone thing. No, it's not. It is the Perone family pe- favorite I'll, 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 film. I'll leave them nameless. Three people DM'd me and said best movie I've ever seen, and and someone someone said I watch this way too often, and it was people, it, uh, <laughs> one female and two males. Okay. And so, and there were people that were like, so it was like people that struck me as like, I wouldn't think you would like that movie because I actually know the music taste of like one of these people, mm-hmm. persons. And I was like, huh, but I, it's not just the Perones. Well, no, I'm not saying it's just the Perones, but I'm saying that it's not. Maybe it helps that you watch it with people and you're all like, all like wow, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Samuel did say, he's like, not my favorite movie ever, but like really good. A good one. And Lizzie, it's I think one of her favorites. So. Yeah, maybe. Fascinating. Yeah. 
Love to see it. Maybe it's genetic. Nice, yeah, family. Pride, it's like cilantro. Pride, Pride and prejudice, prejudice is genetic. It's in your blood, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, are you? Do you want to hop right in? Let's do it, dude. Okay, so this week, oh, well, you intro it. You picked it. Yeah. Uh, this week we did Manchester by the Sea, 2016 film. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- uh, fun fact, actually, uh, is produced by a production company of the Affleck brothers and Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah. Which is fun, you know. I. I'm pretty sure that they grew up together, childhood mm-hmm. friends. Um, and so Matt Damon was a producer. I don't know if uh, Ben Affleck was. I don't know. I think it was just Matt Damon. Do you yeah. know the story behind that? Where I think so. But Matt Damon and John Krasinski <laughs> came um, to Kenneth Lonergan, the writer and director of this, mm-hmm. of Matt and Just About Sea, with the idea of um, just the idea of the story and that taking place in Boston and they – and Matt Damon was going to act in Casey Affleck's role. And that was the plan. And he was also going to direct it. And Kenneth Lonergan was going to write it. And The Martian conflicted with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matt Damon wasn't able to do either. And he produced it while and gave 100% of creative rights to Kenneth Lonergan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and Casey Affleck, I'm glad that happened. Yeah, <laughs> Casey Affleck is super good at yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that was that's interesting, and like, uh, I guess a cool way of like, I'm glad this movie came about, like an idea that Matt Damon pitched, mm-hmm. and then was like, oh, I can't be in it. Let's still make it. Yeah, and it still happened. And it still yeah. happened, and ended up being you know, Oscar nominated and mm-hmm. like a great movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah. Why'd um, you pick this movie? Yeah. So. Sorry, what'd you say? Why'd you pick the movie? Why'd I pick the movie? I had just wanted to see it for a long time. I'm a big fan of the Affleck brothers. Mm-hmm. Um and and Kyle Chandler. <laughs> Admittedly, I very much love Kyle Chandler. Even though he's in like Michael. Well, that's what out, I was I was like in three scenes. I was but. laughing about was um one of the first things you said to me after picking this movie was I love Kyle Chandler. <laughs> and I'm like, do I tell him that he dies? <laughs> Sorry, spoilers, guys. That's okay. Uh, do I do I tell <laughs> him that he's only in three scenes? Yeah, he's only in three scenes, which is fine. You know, I got I got a good dose of Kyle Chandler, which is yeah. you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I really loved the movie. It was super good. Um, I, you know, I noticed a lot. Like, I know the season. The big thing for you has been show don't tell. Yeah. And I feel like this movie, like I noticed, like they did a really good job of showing of, things, of showing things yeah. and not like calling them out. Like, I think the best example is the three picture frames. And it doesn't explicitly say that it's the picture frames of each of his three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never shows you either. It just shows three picture frames and it's like up to you to decide. Right. And you have two interactions with it when uh, Lee is... Casey Affleck's character yeah, yeah. Lee uh, is packing them up whenever he's moving, and he like kind of pauses and looks at them, and then like wraps them pretty neatly. Whereas everything else, he's just like shoving in the boxes. Right. And then a uh, second time when the son, um, I forget his name, Patrick. Patrick. Lucas um, Hedges' character. Yes. Uh, Patrick um, walks into Lee's room in uh, the brother's house, Kyle Chandler's house, who's Joe. Um, Lee is staying there. Patrick walks into Lee's room and sees the three picture frames. He just like walks in the room. It's from the side. So you just see like the three frames, but you don't see what's in the frame. And you just, you know, we get like a 10 to 20 second scene of him just looking at the frames and then he just walks out. Um, and I think that that really, um, 
you know, impact a lot. And I think that get, that's like a good example for everything that the film had to offer. Um, yeah. Anything you have to add to that? I think you're right about show. Don't tell. And that's a really good insight. Um, and, um, I think that it, it, even even through the dialogue i think a good way to tell things is through dialogue and you know you that's like an extreme look at it what you just said was like they literally don't show what's in the picture frames just showing the picture frames Mm -hmm. that's like another level i think like a more surface level approach of you know you show things maybe even through conversations but not necessarily through the dialogue Mm -hmm. for instance you really see patrick's longing for a father figure not by what he's saying to Lee, but just the way he's interacting with him. He mm-hmm. comes in his room at night and stands there awkwardly and just wants to talk to him. And Lee's like, "Why are you in my room?" Yeah. Like stuff like that is, is like is really great. That you know, it, it feels like the conversation could have been a hundred different things, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't lose a single bit of the story. Mm-hmm. And you're right; I think they did such a good of showing and not telling. Um, and, um. I, and, and they do a good job in just Casey Affleck's character. Um, and this has to, this kind of is an overarching thing, but you know, his before and after of when he had kids to when he didn't mm-hmm. um, anymore. And uh, from the very start, you see his like hesitance to be involved with any other women. Mm-hmm. He has a couple of like clear opportunities to become involved with women that he interacts with. And he, is hesitant to and is awkward and turns away from it and you don't really know why yet mm-hmm. and then you kind of get to pieces of why you find out he has an ex-wife um, and then you find out more pieces of why he's so hesitant mm-hmm. um, um, and you just like see little glimpses of that um, it, through di- and it happens through dialogue as well you know he doesn't know that his family moved to Minnesota his, if a couple's family members did he's mm-hmm. like just thrown for a loop there and it just shows how disconnected he's become from his family Mm -hmm. and just the whole time um how disconnected he's become from emotion um he never cries in the movie about kyle chandler's death Mm -hmm. he doesn't um um he cries in flashbacks and he cries when he has a conversation with his ex-wife but Mm -hmm. never directly about kyle chandler Mm -hmm. um joe and i think that's really interesting yeah, I think I think also like to add on to that, they, it wasn't like a full breakdown. Right? Yeah, like it was just like a you know, Iris getting teary and red, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and I think you know that kind of adds to his character is like he never like lets that come out. Like he was just like so harbored and closed off, um, just by like everything that's happened to him, that um, like he he doesn't want to bring those things up because he doesn't want to be reminded of all the hard things that he's been through. Yeah. And so that conversation with his ex-wife, like before anything can get bad or whatever, before he can like spit out why he feels the way that he does, he just has to leave. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the only time that he's, I don't remember super well, uh, but the scene, like when the fire is happening, mm-hmm. I think he was like crying pretty hard then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But That's what I'm talking about. Like the flashbacks. Yeah. I think that was like the only for real cry. Cry. Yeah. But there were such this feels weird like it's such a sad film i know it is and it's not like a sad film like it made me cry but it's just like it's mad depressing yeah it makes you feel sad yeah it's 
I, I I remember that too. I remember I remember hearing things about it when it first came out in 2016, and I watched it a few months later after it came out um, on Amazon. I guess it was on Amazon, but I remember in theaters like they handed out tissues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I was expecting to cry upon watching it. I was like, and that that um, expectation, I think I assumed was like, oh, that's why I didn't cry because I was expecting to. But I watched it again and didn't cry again. It's more just like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is unbelievably sorry. Yeah. Um, rather than something that's a real tearjerker. And I think that's uh, the intention. I think that's kind of the tone of it. Um, and I'm going to go into that later, I think. Um, oh, but oh, we're saving that for later. I mean, dessert later. I'm trying to think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the dessert. Um, I, to talk about the flashbacks, they were seamless. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any five years earlier, mm-hmm. which is so great, and it was clear. It's like you see depressed Casey Affleck shoveling snow. Mm-hmm. Cut to him on a boat with a kid and his brother having fun, and those were like the the flashbacks were just done so well. Um, there's a great scene of him at the lawyer's office mm-hmm. first hearing that that he has custody over mm-hmm. uh Patrick and it's intercut with the flashback of his house burning mm-hmm. and that's another example of like showing before telling mm-hmm. is um you're still like well, why is he so hesitant to mm-hmm you know, take care of this kid. And as you're wondering that and why he's like freaking out and just taking it back, you see, you know, the mistake he made and, you know, his kids being killed. And, and it's, it was really clever the way they did that. And, you know, it's so, and he disguises it as, you know, I can't, I have work. I can't move, yeah, move to Boston or I can't move away from Boston to Manchester. And Patrick's like, what are you talking about? You, <laughs> you're a janitor. Yeah. And, and, and yeah go ahead i yeah it's great i think to continue that train of thought like he i mean he's not really like in it for the job like i mean you can tell through the flashbacks that it's just like something he just to want do. to take care yeah. of yeah. Yeah, and, and i think he's so caught up in not wanting to move to manchester is because mm-hmm. the city is filled with so many memories that he doesn't want to bring back to life you know um you know his house burning uh, another good example, he ran into his ex-wife. His ex-wife says that she still loves him, and that's got to be a hard thing for him. Um, and then also just like a common, like a thing that is consistent throughout the film is just the boat in general. Like yeah, the boat means different things to everyone that like appears on the boat. Um, like for Lee, it's, you know, it reminds him of the good times that he had with his brother and like, you know, being happy still and you know, all that jazz. And he wants to and, sell it. Right. And, um, you know, for Joe, it's time away from his wife, who's an alcoholic and, yeah. um, you know, an escape for him and his kid to have some like bonding time. And for Patrick, it's, you know, trying to remake those memories after his dad is gone. Sure. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting how it like everything almost like the boat wasn't a driving theme in the film by any means, but it was just like a consistent thing that was there. It's a motif. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, What did you, uh, just out of curiosity, did you know how the, what the movie was about before watching it? Um, I saw the trailer. Okay. And um, I didn't know exactly what, what was going to happen. Obviously Um, 
and I, I just knew that Casey Affleck was going to be like a sad guy, which he <laughs> played the role perfectly. Yeah. Like I could not see Matt Damon doing that or, you know, anyone else really. Um, I felt like that was really great casting. Um, but it, it kind of just felt like, a you know, this, you know, tragic event happens. And then Casey Affleck is like, it's just like a coming of age story to mm-hmm. where he eventually like overcomes whatever problems he has to, right. you know, be there for his, uh, his nephew. Right. Um, but, um, <laughs> um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought, but, um, I think definitely like did not turn out how I thought it was going to. And not that there was like a huge surprise at the end. It was just like right. the events that unraveled right. through flashbacks and things of that nature. And I think you were like, as an audience, you know, you were really pulling for Lee to, you know, connect with Patrick. Yeah. Well, not only to connect with Patrick, but, you know, kind of flip around and be like, okay, like, you know, this is bigger than me. And like this, this kid like needs someone, you know, I'm sorry. Did you see the death of the kids coming? No. Okay. Um, What was that moment like? It was, you know, like leading up to it before it happened, I was like trying to figure out what was going on. Like, um, you know, sometimes in films when you see a sad man, like it's not really as extreme as like, oh, like my house burned down and my kids died in the fire. Right. You know, that's like pretty <laughs> sure. extreme. Um, normally it's just like, oh, I'm a sad guy because my wife left me and then took the kids and the court said that I can't see my kids like as often as I want to something to that effect or, you know, you know, something along those lines. Um, and so that's what I was like thinking was happening was like he, you know, his wife left him or, you know, cheated on him or something like that and took the kids and, uh, he became an alcoholic and the court was like, Oh, you can like, you're an alcoholic. You can't see your kids. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I thought it would be along the lines of that. Um, but it turned out to not be that at all. Um, and even when he was like in the flashback, when he was walking to the, the Mart or whatever, like had no, did not see that coming at all. Right. The fire. Um, and also it's crazy that it happened on the same night that like he had all his friends over until like mm-hmm. 2 AM. Um, and you kind of understand what he went through when he was doing the, police report um and just like i mean even just the thought of like that happening to me and like having to sit there and explain like yeah this is like essentially everything that happened was my fault yeah like i put the log in the fire i walked away for 40 minutes i came back and the house is down the kids are gone um like just being able to express that to people in words like audible an audible sentence and take blame for that like that would haunt me for the rest of my life like similarly to yeah. Casey Affleck's character I think what was so well done was the depiction of his relationship with Randy his wife mm-hmm. was like like they were really happy mm-hmm. and like they there weren't any problems because I think it is I, I don't know I mean I think it's I think it's common in movies that you see problems between couples and like mm-hmm. that's very highlighted and I think this movie showed absolutely none and like even on the night that like he had friends over till 2 a.m and she was yelling at them to get out of the house mm-hmm. she ended up like laughing about it mm-hmm. and was like 
you're just an idiot. And it was like lighthearted. And then like that's happened. So I think that it was great of like you show he's alone, he's single. It's like what happened between you know the Randy we see from the beginning of the movie to like him being single. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was really well done and kind of kept you on your toes. Um yeah, I think the ending was I it was interesting, you know. It was I thought it was fitting because it was like he just couldn't get over it. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get over it, and he couldn't like take care of Patrick. And, and I think not what you were expecting. It's an end. I well, I think, yeah, I'd I'd say not what I was expecting. I've seen this movie before. I I mentioned that already, but I and I don't remember what I thought about it the first time, but it felt very fitting to me. And I, this kind of leads into the dessert I was talking about earlier of what I was going to talk about, and I could get into that now, I guess. Um, please do yeah um, the ending was fitting because it kind of didn't give you what you thought should happen and mm-hmm. that's like a little too cliche and a little too simple but like you yeah like you want him to be able to get over it and like for him to have a fresh start with a new kid at least for a couple of years and like get close to family again but the reality is that like that's not always what happens and it's mm-hmm. not always the hero of the story you know, might not have that in him or mm-hmm. her. And, you know, the the theme of this movie, I think, or I don't know if you can even say theme, but, like, one of the messages of, the overarching message of the movie is, like, things aren't as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is so well portrayed through the storytelling. Um, and, like, little things in the writing that, Kenneth Lonergan put in there and it and I have oh, like a bunch of stuff written down about that but I, yeah I have things aren't as they should be and there's a few a few things to tie this together um it was extremely realistic and like that mm-hmm. was that was yeah. an aspect that had to be there in order for this like theme and this style to work is that it was extremely realistic um like tiny mannerisms and people I think about when like he goes to the hospital because Joe died and like the nurse standing there is like doesn't know what to do and she like grabs his hand awkwardly and is just standing there mm-hmm. and it's always super awkward I think that it, it stays away from melodrama we talked about how he doesn't even he doesn't even cry a single time about Joe's death and that's I think the expectation um, the expectation in a movie is that like you stand over your brother's body, and it makes you cry. And 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 there's 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 tons of amazing movies that would do that. Mm-hmm. There's tons of ama- there's tons of amazing movies that like do push into melodrama because it's dramatic, it's theatrical. Mm-hmm. But this movie didn't do that at all. He never cries. Um, he has he has awkward interactions with people. Like the tenants. Like in the mm-hmm. apartments, like they're yeah. just like awkward interactions with people that feel very realistic. Um, I said the interactions with doctors, um, awkwardly hugging his brother while he's laying on the stretcher, mm-hmm. um, and like kissing him, and it was just like strange. Um, uh, it, parking the car and not knowing where the car is, mm-hmm. like just realistic elements. Um, phone calls were awkward um and panic attack while getting food is what i have written down and there's just a ton of elements in this that 
for instance, Lucas Hedges, the son, like has a panic attack while getting food out of the freezer. He opens the freezer and a bunch of meat falls out and it reminds him of the fact that his dad's going to be kept in a freezer for months before the snow can thaw in Boston and they're able to bury him. And it's just a reminder that things don't happen as they should. And movies often try to show things happening as they should. Mm. When someone dies, you should cry. When you're looking at your brother's body on a table, you should cry. That's not what happens in this movie. You know, Patrick, the son, is pretty unaffected, seemingly, for a while after his dad dies. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it, it takes, like, him opening a freezer and getting dinner one night for him to break down randomly. And that's not how things are supposed to be. Similarly, you know, it will, a big thing, things aren't supposed to be, your kids aren't supposed to die in a fire for something that you barely had control over. Mm-hmm. Like, he forgot to close the fireplace. And, you know, then he goes to the police station and tells them what happened, and he gets left off the hook. He even told them that, like, he had cocaine in the house, and they, like, don't do anything about it. And he's like, that's not the way it should be. He tries to kill himself because of that. And even while, and, and it's like there's humorous elements, because even while... You know, his wife, who, like, was damaged by the smoke in the house, is on a stretcher with oxygen hooked up to her. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get her into the yeah. into the ambulance. And the stretcher's folding <laughs> yeah. wheels won't stay up. And they're t- they keep taking forever trying to put her in. It's like, that's not how movies are supposed to be. Yeah, Like, everything's supposed to work out. That's not all how this movie was. And that's such a testament to, like, life. Yeah. And, like, like, the events in the movie. It's like, he shouldn't be this way. Like, he shouldn't have these issues. He was so happy with his wife and his kids, and that's not the way they're supposed to be. And it was all tied together at the end. He's doing a random job for someone, this old man. And the old man is like, are you, uh, what are the, what's the last name? Lee? Chandler. Yeah, their name was Chandler. That's right. <laughs> he, are you one of the Chandler boys? I heard one of them die. He said, yeah, that's my brother. He said, you know, my dad was a fisherman and went out on a boat on a perfectly fine day, no bad weather, never came back again. He died. And it was like, why does that happen? Like this dude was doing his routine, but he went out and never came back. Mm-hmm. And like the message of the movie was just like things don't often end up the way they should be. Mm-hmm. And the way that the movie was made and the writing and the acting just perfectly showed that. I think you could say the same thing about like the way that um, two of the major scenes were filmed. You had both the house burning scene and the funeral scene, two scenes that could have been dialogue heavy, could have been very emotionally shot, where it had music, very, an odd tone of music yeah, playing over them with absolutely no dialogue and no sound. And you saw everything visually, very like raw and as it was, without it being over-dramatized. Because the music and the style of the music did not over-dramatize it at all. It was pretty like simple music. Yeah. And, and... You know, there were tiny moments in both these scenes, especially the funeral scene of, you know, Casey Affleck shaking hands with people that, you know, told a lot about mm-hmm. the story. And I thought that was super well done. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually about the music and what you what you thought of it, um, just because like it felt like a weird setting almost. Um, and at some points, like it was the main part of what was going on being shown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just thought I thought it was so good. I thought that. It was nice music. It was just like weird placement. Well, and I think, I think, 
Like, I don't want to push the you know, things aren't as they should be. You can put whatever music you want. Like, I don't think that's as simple as that. But like, I do think that it was playing on like the fact that like we're not. This movie's not going to be people crying when you typically see them cry in a movie mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. It and but instead, you know, we're going to play this music over a scene that typically wouldn't have music a scene that would typically have people's voices and the sounds of fire yeah and the sound of the music that's going on in the church during a funeral that kind of thing and i think i think the music was really good Mm -hmm. um yeah i was gonna say the same stuff about the just like the dry comedy Mm -hmm. um it felt weird at first just because i was like oh this seems like a sad setting and we're like tossing in some like awkward humor you know yeah um but i think by the end like you were accustomed to it and it was like like um the um the stretcher one like i think i laughed during that scene yeah which is like i feel bad for laughing during that because it's just yeah such a devastating scene um and then also uh during when patrick is having his panic attack like he can't get the chicken back in the freezer right and i was like that like you said like as such just like a normal thing like just like a life thing that would happen you know it's super realistic like the awkward moments that were in this like uh what's his friend's name who ends up the parent of patrick i don't remember i can't remember his name (laughs) (laughs) was it robert i don't know whatever his name is he's calling across the funeral a reception oh, yeah. to try to get yeah. Casey Affleck Lee um, some food and it's like there's so many realistic elements in this that yeah. like just felt super real and I thought that was so well done mm-hmm. you know Kenneth Lonergan's in the movie the director and writer he's the guy so Casey Affleck Patrick who's not the nicest character says something jerky to Casey Affleck and Casey says I'm gonna like punch your head off if you don't shut up Oh, yeah. And Kenneth Lonergan, the director and writer, walks by and says, great parenting. <laughs> and uh, Casey Affleck, like, they get in a yelling. They start mm-hmm. screaming at each other, and then Kenneth Lonergan walks away. It's just a funny cameo. And I, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what he looks like, but I've seen a couple of interviews with him since, and I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, it's him. Um, a few like minor things I wanted to just hit on. Um, I really love uh, that it took place in – around the Boston area mm-hmm. and everyone's Boston accents were like yeah, spot yeah. on. Um, I felt like Casey Affleck was like the stereotypical Bostonian, like just in a bar or whatever. And then someone accidentally bumps into him and he just like get, punches him in the face, um, just gets into a huge fight. You know, like the, the little comment by the director, you know, good parenting. Yeah. And he just like turns into a screaming match. Like, right. I'm sure that Boston isn't actually like that, but like just like the stereotypical Boston, citizen like it sounds like him um in addition to that um i thought the film was like super beautifully shot like oh yeah it's amazing um it like there were there were some like weird cuts but it was like a nice weird if that makes sense it like, was really well edited the, really well shot. the cut the cuts from um you know the flashbacks to the present day were were super great um and i love how even some of it just like cut on uh you know cut on action yeah like in the middle of something it just cuts first thing i think of is when matthew broderick's character is like reading the email aloud and and, cut, uh, yeah. and patrick just like saves his computer and it, he just like stops reading or 
you know, something to that effect. I thought that there was no like fade or anything. Everything was just like straight cut, um, which I thought was really nice. Um, and there was a lot of like landscape, um, just like B roll or whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought it, you know, it was like obviously like really pleasing to see. It's it was, interesting. Like, a beautiful area. It's interesting to see like second unit stuff that goes into the movie and makes it in. It's like, who was told to film this? I think the answer is no one. Like the second unit director tells them film these trees and these telephone poles as we're driving and like stuff that makes stuff like that, that makes it into the movie and takes up at times like a one minute chunk of just music and scenery. Yeah. It's so cool how much that actually adds to the movie. And you know, that happens in the editing room and that happens, you know, with creativity on set. But, um, I thought that was so well done about the cinematography and the, the beauty of it. It is really beautiful. I picture this movie in my head as like a gray, dark, dreary movie. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I think that's like part of like ignoring the melodrama of what you expect. Because I think many movies with this tone would be stylized in such a way that like the the, the filters used and the mm-hmm. and the just the setting in general, the ex- expectation for a movie like this is that it is really gray and it is really somber. And I think that's what I remember. But you watch this movie, the sky's always blue. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful settings. It's green outside. There's snow. And, like, it's not sad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's situations and it's a really sad scene, but it's still beautiful outside. Many movies, you know, the weather follows the mood. And, like, that's great. And that's, like, oftentimes it really gets the mood across. But this movie kind of ignored that as well. And I think that's really cool that they did that, too. Yeah, totally. Um, another thing, um, I don't know that I really like Patrick's character like the Patrick character the son character was kind of weird like mm. I don't know like the day that he finds out uh, sorry uh, side note another example of show don't tell is the hockey rink yeah whenever he you know skates to the other side with the coach you don't actually hear the conversation. you don't hear any conversation you just like you can see what's going on and you can feel like what's going on in the conversation just by what they're doing which is really awesome um but back to what I was saying was um you know like the day that he finds out that his dad died like he just goes home and he has friends over and um i don't know like i guess i wouldn't envision that like i feel like at least lee would be like no like you need time to just like process this right but i think at the same time you know it doesn't hurt to be with people sure in times of sadness and then he has a girl stay the night and I, I I don't know. It just felt weird. It kind of yeah. felt like he was being insensitive almost. Right. Like it just like didn't impact him that much. Yeah. Um, and like you can obviously see throughout the film that he like cares that, that his dad died. Like that's obviously a, a thing that happened to him that he is upset about. Um, and I think it hits more because he doesn't have that relationship with his mom, mm-hmm. um, which like he goes and meets his mom and it's just not what he was expecting at all. Um, and yeah, I, like I, I think it eventually hits him, but just like right away, like it, it was weird that he almost didn't seem to care that much. Right, right. Yeah, no, totally. He was not the most sensitive character. I think, I think that he. I think it was very realistic the way that his like his grief hit. Like I said, like he randomly starts crying mm-hmm. while looking in the freezer, and it doesn't really hit him at first, and. For a while, he's a little stunned at first and shocked a bit, but that wears off pretty quickly. 
I it's funny actually. I remember not liking his character my first time watching it. Just being like, I do not like this kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind him as much this time around watching it. You know, I I don't know what it was, but I really was not a fan of him. He's also cheating on both of his girlfriends, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I thought I thought that was really well done. How Casey Affleck eventually like puts a stop to that. Yeah, like he doesn't explicitly say like you shouldn't cheat on them. You're just like no. He's like no. I don't like her. Stop seeing her. And and like that's kind of a sign of like I thought he is trying to like take a step in. Yeah. And be, like he's kind of trying to show some authority in the house, but also he's like trying to take a, take a step in and parent a little bit. Yeah. Where he's like trying to put his foot down and make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, I don't actually have any more notes. So you. Yeah, I don't know that I have any more either. Like, was this a short episode? Yeah, I, I think so, but I mean, like, I think we hit on everything pretty well. Yeah. Um, and like, I didn't, I didn't take a lot of notes for this movie. Like, I took just like a page. Yeah, I didn't take. I don't know. It was, it was easy to watch, and just yeah, everything kind of happens, and there isn't a lot of stuff where like, wow, look at that. Yeah. Um, because it is a bit subdued and like underplayed, but, um, really good. I. In ranking the movies that we've watched so far, oh, that'd this be fun season, to do at the, I, I think I think eventually season, we should rank actually. them. Um, but I think in terms of this is my second favorite one behind Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, Dilemma's up there, Uncut's up there, and like I mean they're all good that we've watched except for Last Jedi. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. Uh, yeah, I, I like I would I I finished this the other night. And I said I was like, wow, this is really good. It's really well done, even though it is such a downer. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of adding on to what you said. Like, it's a simple film. Like, it's not simple, but it is. Like, there there's nothing super super eventful that happens. It's really just like you're introduced to the sad guy, and then like, it's just a a journey of finding out how he's sad and why he's sad and then why the way that he is towards his present day folks that he's around. Um, And I think by the end of the film, you're able to build like a pretty good, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, plot summary or whatever for this character. Um, And like, you know, there's, there's nothing to walk away with like, Oh, like I'm glad that he got that job or something like that. Like it's not, there's nothing eventful that happens at the end where you're like, good for that guy. You know, it's just like a story of finding out who he is. I don't think you're wrong in calling it simple. The movie, I think, I think the writing is complex, but the movie itself I think is simple. And that comes from the writing. Yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of elements. It's a pretty simple location. It's just people talking to each other Mm -hmm. and, and nothing extra. And, but like the complexity of character mm-hmm. and of mannerism, yeah, yeah, Char- it, all the characters were very complex. Yeah, and and that's where and it, and, it, and it feels simple when a movie's done well. Mm-hmm. I think a movie doesn't feel simple, and you feel like there's a lot of elements that you're grabbing at when it isn't done super well. And that's not that's not across the board because there, there's there's very complex movies that are also very good and well done. But like a movie feels cohesive and simple, and and just like it works. Yeah, when it's done well, even if there are complex characters that you can think a lot about. Yeah, um, like these characters. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think 
you know, just like overarchingly, um, just super interesting that, you know, every character had some kind of pain going on. Mm. Uh, and it was just a story, you know, not just a story of, you know, Casey Affleck and who he was and how he got to where we are. Um, but just like how everyone experiences pain differently. And, um, you know, obviously Casey Affleck's character experiences that through the loss of his children and, um, you know, being divorced. Um, and Patrick, you know, while seeming insensitive, you know, he experiences that pain through his dad being in a freezer or sure. something like that. Um, and his ex-wife uh, is like, you know, also carries the same burden of children dying in the fire. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, super good film. Um, I don't know that I would rank it as high as number two for me personally. Right. Um, but I think it's still up there. Pretty good film. I'm glad that I picked it actually. So I am too. I'm glad you picked it. Oh, did you pick one? I had to pick one. No, Yikes. I have a couple in my head and I, let me, Yikes. let me narrow this down. Uh, Here's, I'll tell you my thought process oh, for this. I oh, don't want to give, I don't want to give first time on the pod that we're, uh, completely talking blind. Through a, we're talking through Okay. A, I'm um, ready. I'm ready. So Let's here's my thought this. process. Now, I don't want you to steal anything from me. Okay. Oh, I don't oh, want you to steal oh, my ideas. Right. Okay. <laughs> I am going to pick. All right. Let me. In the coming weeks. Wait. A war movie? Uh, what are we going to say? These are like decidedly like going no, no, to be No, no, no. These are not films. the movies. These are just the types of movies I need. I know I'm going to pick. A war movie okay. that I have a pretty good idea what it's going to be. A musical. I have a pretty good idea what it's going to be. Another classic movie that I think I know what it's going to be. This means the season's going to be long. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah. Um, I think we hit our stride. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm o- I'm okay with the season being very long. Um, so. potentially a documentary. I mm. don't I don't know what that's going to be. Wow. But um, this next week, I'm picking none of those. Oh. And I think I'm going to go with, Ooh, baby, the Coen Brothers. Oh brother, where art thou? Okay. Um, it's a retelling of a classic story, um, in a more modern terms. It's not completely modern, but it's one of my favorite movies ever. But I think my favorite writer directors ever, the Coen Brothers. Um, in my top five or four, I have um, um, a movie I don't know the name of. What, what is it? Uh, no Country for Old Men. Sorry. And Oh Brother Art, that was I think my second favorite uh, Cullen Brothers movie. So that's what I'm going to be picking. Um, do you know what streaming service it's on? Amazon, I think. And if not, uh, no idea. I think we're going to have to pay for this one. No, I don't think so. I just watched it. Did you? Really? <laughs> I watched it pretty recently. Um, and that oh, just George g- Clooney. Yes, yeah. please. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my pick. Oh Brother Art, though. It is a 2000 crime slash musical. Yeah, I don't. That's not a great way to describe oh, it. Oh, this is the one with George Clooney singing into the microphone. That's right. Yes, that's right. That's good. All right, well, guys, uh, look forward to Oh Brother Art, though. Hopefully, you find it. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, we appreciate you listening. Uh, let us know if you have any comments about Manchester by the Sea. If, yeah, if we put the question box up, please say something. <laughs> At this point, I'm getting more responses from just people texting me. So. Yeah. Yeah, also feel free to do that, but like don't don't feel hesitant. Like if you just want to say something but you don't want us to talk about like if you just want to put throw your your thoughts out there 
and you don't want us to mention that, just like let us know. Let us know. And we still love to talk with you, whatever. Um, but you know, that question box is open for anyone. Like if you want to be mentioned on a podcast, cool. If you don't, cool. If you just want to get in conversation, that's cool. We can totally leave you anonymous if you do want us to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What whatever works, whatever you guys want, we're here for it. So thank you so much. Um, we hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next. Let's go. <laughs> All right, bye.